Welcome to the Right Now Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 11, 12 titles in 12 months, an interview with Tracy Reed. Tracy has an amazing story, and I wanted to make sure I got her on the show early in the year because she just might inspire you to reconsider how much writing can you really do this year? I already knew her story, and interviewing her still made me start reconsidering Maybe I can write more than I think I can this year. We'll see. In any case, give a listen to the interview and tell me what you decided. Hello and welcome. Today's guest is author Tracy Reed talking to us about her 12 titles in 12 months challenge. Tracy is the author of 16 contemporary romance titles with Faith and Heat. Welcome, Tracy. Hello, Kitty. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And Yay! Happy New Year is definitely something that uh, is on my mind when I talk to you because I always wonder every year, what new, crazy, amazing thing are you going to do? This year, <laughs> it is, I don't know. It's just scary. I, looked at, I just looked at my production schedule for 2018 and I um, kind of had a come to Jesus moment as I'm looking, trying to look at it now. It seems like I'm about to write nine titles or oh my nine titles and it's not as bad as I thought it was. Um, there's some of the books are written. Okay. That's kind of insane as it sounds, but then there's some that have not been written and they happen to be the next, um, next in series for some of the bigger books. So it looks like I'm about to do something crazy, like write nine titles <laughs> this year. I know. And I'm trying my first official newsletter. So that's also nice. a scarier thing. And redoing my website. So that's my crazy Ooh. thing. Yeah. It's that little. is. That actually sounds like maybe even more work than 12 titles in 12 months. <laughs> oh my God. It is. It is. Because I am trying to set myself as a sophisticated romance um, author and that's a whole other look. And when I looked at my website the other day, I'm like, it's okay. I'm not going to even say it's nice. It's okay. It's not where I want it to be. So that means that's a lot of work. You're right. It is a lot of work. And yeah. so I'm changing things. And thanks to conversations with you and Elena, I'm implementing things I've never done. I'm doing, I just did my first survey form yesterday that I have to prep and I'm doing my first official newsletter. So those are two scary things um, to try. So add that on top of it and just say it's just a cacophony of crazy for 2018. Yeah. And let's see what happens around October. Yeah. If it actually fares out because my schedule looks very heavy the end of the year. So oh, yeah. that's, my, that's my crazy for <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's um, dial back a couple of years. So you and I have been writer friends for a long time. We were in the mm -hmm. same writers group and then yes. we became accountability partners. Yes. And now we've got four people in our fab four accountability partner yes. group. Yes. And at one point you decided that you were going to write 12 titles in 12 months. I think that was yes. 2016. Yes. So tell us, how did you get the idea? First of all, talking to you. What? Yes. We I were having, remember yes, this. We were having a conversation because we've known each other basically, what is it, since 20, 2010, 2009? 
That sounds right. Something I know like that, right? Yeah, we've known each other since before your first book came out. Yeah. Yes. That's oh my god. So it's been a while. Okay. So it's been a while. Um <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it is. It's yeah. it's um uh, we were talking about Liliana Hart, if I'm allowed to say that. Yes. And I, you were telling me about um, a lecture you went to, you and Elena, and how you, she was talking about all these titles that she'd written, and you, or these books that she'd written, and you said you wanted clarification. Did she do like 24 books in a year? And she said no titles. So if I'm misquoting her, I apologize, but it was something to the fact that she had done 24 titles in a year. And I was thinking... Wow. Interesting. (laughs) A title. That's good. And then I was just starting out. So I only had the one book and I had gone through the whole agent shopping thing, which I had an agent, which I got. It's just that's a whole other story. Um, That's just, you know, still kind of, as I say, my agent, then agent had submitted my book someplace. I don't know where it was, but to this day, that book is still sitting on board because I never heard back from, I never heard back from them. And eventually the agent and I parted ways, but that book was um, the last I heard about it. The book was supposed to still be sitting, was sitting in board. She had me fill all these papers and everything out. And I'm like, Oh my God. So it was back and forth. And then um, I was talking to um, Laura Drake about something and it came up and she says, well, what do I write? And I said, oh, you know, I write this unusual thing. I write contemporary romance um, with faith and sex, which (laughs) is not um, traditional, excuse me, as you know, it is not accepted by the traditional market. And my agent at the time she took the first book and she took it and it was a pretty decent book. It wasn't a steamy and that book has gone through several rewrites, but I knew one night while I was, I want to say in my library. And if anybody knows me, they know where my actual library room is. <laughs> um, I was praying about it. And I said, you know, if my agent and I part ways, I'll be good. I will actually be good. And I had thought about that. I got an email from her saying, you know, some things have happened. I've switched agencies, which she took me to. Um, And then she says, but um, I was asked to pare down and make a decision about who I thought I could work with and who I couldn't. And unfortunately you didn't make the cut. And I was cool with it because I had just been praying about it because I knew that in the state, that second book in that series was in, she wasn't going to be able to sell it. I already knew she was already having problems with book one and it was way less steamier than it actually ended up being. So I knew there was going to be a problem. So I was good with it. And then that's when I started talking to um, somehow or another, I started talking to Laura Drake and she told me about self-publishing because it's not an, it's not a usual field, my subject, subject matter. And she suggested I take, um, Oh my God, I'm going blank right now. Deborah Holland's. Um, self-publishing class, which I did. And I think I met you through that too, didn't That's how I met you. We were taking the class online together. Okay. And we were also discovered that we were, I was quoting Dave Ramsey or something. And you said you did Dave Ramsey. Right. And that's how we met. That's right. Through that class. And so that's how I ended up be deciding, you know what? Cause I have another friend that's um, a really, I'm not going to say prominent, but she's known in the Christian fiction realm. 
edgy Christian fiction. And that's what I thought I was writing till I actually um, put the first book out. And it turns out it's not edgy. It's just contemporary fiction, contemporary fiction or romance with faith and what they mildly call heat. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay, I'll do this. And that's when I was talking to you about this. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to self-publish. So now I'm self-publishing and I'm listening to you on our accountability call and you're telling me this story. And I'm like, hmm, I've only got one book. And I've got to, according to traditional self-publishing lore, you have to wait till you're about three books in before you can do any kind of major marketing. Well, I'm like, at the rate I'm going, it's going to be a while before I get to book three. And I want to do some of these things and try some of these things. So did I jump the gun? Maybe I did. I don't know. But I'm not going to fret about that now. But I decided, okay, I'll write, get my three books out, which was I took the first chapters off the book the agent was shopping. And I figured it was okay by now because we've parted ways. I didn't hear back from her. And I completely did a major rewrite on the book. So here I am at the end of 2015 and you and I are talking and you bring the story up and I said, huh, I can do that. <laughs> 12 titles. I can write 12, 12 books, 12 titles in a year. That's nothing. This girl could do 24. I can easily do 12. I can do 12. <laughs> Not keeping in mind, she'd been writing a lot longer than me. She had a better grasp on the whole situation, but I figured if she could do it, so could I. So why not? So herein lies, I wrote, decided to write the 12 titles in 12 months and challenged myself. And everybody that heard it thought I was a nut for doing it. But in the end, they might have been a little right. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, is that you actually accomplished it. I did. And actually, the reality is it wasn't 12. It was 13. Which is but, even more amazing. Yeah. Because I wrote a book for my lingerie business, a small, like maybe 7,000 word or something like that, if that, or 35, something between, it might be five, might be 5,000. It wasn't that big. I know it wasn't seven, but I wrote a 13th book, an actual 13th book, not an actual title, but an actual 13th little book in it. So it was 13. So when I finished 2016, I had, it was 2016, I had a total of, I had pinned a total of 13, 16 titles. However, there was a 17th title that was completed, but it wasn't edited. So therefore it couldn't be included. So yes, I wrote a lot of stuff that year. Wow. And I was burned out just yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Now, you and Elena and I, um, we have weekly accountability calls and sometimes our friend Deanna is able to join us, but she has a small child. So not as often. So mm -hmm. I, what the way that I remember it is every week you would be telling us, okay, so I'm writing on this book. I'm editing on this book and I'm doing the cover for this book. I think one of the things that made it slightly easier and slightly harder for you is that you do your own covers. So you could be in charge of when the cover was done. You didn't have to worry about paying for 12 covers in one year. On the other hand, you had to do all the work. So tell us, what was it like to be working on, you know, basically at least two different stories plus the cover art concept for a third one? It was very, in the beginning, um, I kind of went into panic mode because what I did, I did a lot of stuff wrong. Can you do this in a year? Yes. 
Could you do a book a month? Yes. Does it have to be a good book? No. Can it be a good book? <laughs> yes. Had I, and I'm a pantser, so I don't plot or write notes. So that made it even worse. Right. Um, or even more creatively, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, you could say challenging or more of a creative high because I don't take notes. I write everything by the seat of my freaking pants. So <laughs> some of the books that I had proposed to write never got written or they were started and they just didn't fare out the way I thought they were going to fare out. And it was, yeah, with the cover, sometimes I would be like you said, I'm telling you, you remember this a lot better than I do. <laughs> I would be writing a book and, and I'm thinking, oh man, a cover idea would pop in my head, but it wouldn't be for that book I was writing. Oh. It would be for something else. So I would make that cover and I would put it over there. And it was kind of like, like you, um, like a cleansing palette because it kind of pushed me to finish that story, to go on to this one that I had this really cool cover for that was starting to really um, fester, nest or whatever in my brain, which was also kind of good, but also kind of bad because I suffered a little bit of separation anxiety because I have characters that I have been with a while like that first book I talked about, that book actually did come out, but it came out um, last January. It was the first book in the, in the, the challenge because that book was held over and it should, it, it, that's a whole other story for another day. But anyway, <laughs> the book that I had taken to board that my agent took to board actually was the first book. What I did wrong, I planned to release that book while I was on my way out of town for two weeks. That's right. So here I am in a foreign country, two foreign countries, and I'm trying to release a book, trying to do marketing, trying to do a, a book bub giveaway. And thank God it, it turned out two of the books that I had given away were being mailed out of, um, we're going to somebody in the UK. So I was in the UK. So I put them in my suitcase and mailed them from the hotel. Because <laughs> so was that smart? No. Because, but in that case, I already had the cover, but the cover for that book had been back way back when, when I decided to do the challenge by me being a pantser was one thing, but there were certain books I knew I was going to put out that year. That book was one. There was, um, I'm looking, I'm trying to look at this, what I do with the schedule. There was the poetry book. I had written that poetry and I can't even remember that poetry book had been written or started several years prior and the, the um, concept came from the writer that's in book one of that first challenge. Ah. And so I just expanded on it. I'm like, okay, well, what if, you know, I need something here for February. I don't have a book. Why don't we just throw it out? It's, it's, it's love. It's Valentine's month, which is cool. But then the third month I was, while I was on vacation, I was finishing up the first book in, was it the second book? Oh, crap. I can't remember first or second book in a, in a series or something, The Good Girl. Oh, it was Good Girl Part 2. That's what it was. It was Good Girl Part 2, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, and it had French in it. So I contacted Brenna Aubrey from, our, from OCC. I'm like, I need help with this. So I, you're right. I was doing all that craziness every week. And then one week I hit a wall. The story I had planned didn't pan out. And I literally had a week to get a book written edit it, cover, and out by that week. And that was the hardest, but most, I have to admit, that was a high. 
because I said, I'm like, okay, I've got to, I've, I got to stick with this. I cannot give this up. I've challenged myself to make these 12, these 12 titles in 12 months and I need a book. And so I, I wrote this book in um, this story in three days and then I edited. I carried that sucker around with me for three days editing it. I was at a, an event for somebody, a charity event doing guest check-in. I'm editing this book. I'm rereading this book. I, I got to get this to my editor. I got to get to my editor. And I finally, while well, I went to the editor, I um, did the cover right quick. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, I got the cover done. But what's so funny is that, on a side note, I always wanted to, one of the things I wanted to do with the royalty money was to also give more. And I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be cool, you know, to sponsor, you know, to give to a missions thing or something. So my editor, who's a Christian, says, um, this is so cool you're doing this. She said, I asked God about going on missions. And the money I'm making from you, I'm using for missions. I'm like, praise God, I'm funding a missionary. <laughs> How That's cool awesome. is this? So it was, it was a lot of, um, you're right, it was a lot of multitasking, which you never should do. <laughs> you never do it that way. Because what I did was I did not have room to market. So in the beginning of the challenge, I decided to just dump everything in KDP Select because I figured it was an easy way and I didn't have to worry about marketing. It worked sort of, but I still should have done other marketing with it. And towards the end of it, I decided to go wide again. So as the books were falling out of their 90 days, I was moving them wide. So taking on that challenge, plus writing these other books, because the book that came out last October, which is one of two or three books, I think I only put out, two titles last year, two, maybe three. I can't remember. Um, it was supposed to come out December of, um, of, um, 2016. Yeah. But it just didn't. What happened was the book started out originally. Oh, I'm sorry. Di don't mean to digress. Originally it was the, uh, it was supposed to be, um, a series called my five husbands. <laughs> and it was supposed to be about a woman, a really smart woman who married, um, a man that her first husband was about her age, like a college sweetheart. Then her second husband was supposed to be, um, her first husband was very successful. Her second husband was the man she really truly loved. Poor as a church mouse, but she really loved him and saw his potential. Then the third husband, but they just couldn't make it work. There was always a reason where she couldn't make it work. And every time she divorced or separated or whatever, um, she kind of like upped her financial position. And so the third husband was an older man who left her very well off. Then there was um, the fourth husband. I can't remember what the fourth husband was. But in the end, she ended up back with, she was supposed to be in book five and back up with husband number two. Ah, the one I, Yeah. So when I started writing it, it just didn't, it wasn't enough meat to make five books. And so I said, okay, well, you know what? I'll just take the, the 5,000 words I've written and turn it into a short story. But when I retooled it using some of the same, you know, premise, it became to be a really cool story. I'm like, okay, I'll make it a short story. No, I'm like, okay, a novella, a novelette, not even a novella. I'm like, oh man, these people won't shut up. And they kept talking and talking till it became a full on, no, a full on novel with a spoiler alert, a major cliffhanger. 
set me up for a second book. So I said, okay, there's no way I could put that book out because it was just, it just kept going. And I liked it and it turned out to be one of the better, better sellers for me last year. So it was a good thing that it waited. So when I said 2016, there was a lot of stuff written. I wrote a lot of stuff. I may have only published like 300,000 plus words, plus that was the new words. Plus I had another 110 or so thousand of stuff that I had carried over and just retooled. So, but that's what I published, but that didn't include the books that didn't make the final cut. And there was quite a few books. And so I did take on a lot. So all along while I'm doing that, like you said about the covers, yeah, I was doing the covers for those other things that never made it. So I have a bunch of covers and I have (laughs) a bunch of titles that have maybe 3,500 words or 5,000 words or even 19,000 words. And I have one book that's part of this year's production schedule. It's already written. It just needs a major rewrite. I think it's got a hundred and it's got over 111,000 words in it. Wow. Done. It's just got to be edited. So there, yeah. And the cover is already set. So (laughs) it's just a matter of actually editing the book. Nice. It's a long way around to answer that question. <laughs> no, this is a good answer. So um, what, what do you remember approximately the shortest uh, word length and the longest word length? Like approximately how long were some of these stories, particularly that one you wrote in three days? The one I wrote in three days, I'm trying to pull that schedule up. It was, um, I think the longest one might have been 90, one that was edited down. Um, was 2016. I think it might have been 90,000 plus words. The shortest one would be the thing I did for my lingerie business. It was less than, it might have been 5,000 or 3,500 words or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they weren't, it was a true mix. I did a mixture of um, novelettes, novellas, um, mid-length, and big fat books, which are those, for me, a big fat book is like 90,000 plus words. So yeah. that's, yeah. So it, it really varied except for that. Yeah. No, that was about it. Yeah. So it really, <laughs> truly varied, which was a good thing because, um, I didn't get beholden to, I, thought I, had, I didn't get stuck with saying, okay. Cause originally I thought, oh, I'm going to write 12 big fat books. And when I looked at it, I'm like, I am not writing 12 big fat books. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the brain energy here to produce 12 big fat books right now. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So it, it varied. I think, this, like I said, the lingerie guide is what it's called. It was probably, it was between 35 and 5,000 words. Mm-hmm. And everything that I wrote, I did have my editor edit so she even edited that she edited the poetry book and it might be it might be a toss-up between the poetry book and the lingerie book but she edited everything and so she's so funny because um forgive me how this sounds she's white i'm black so yeah. some of the, the nuances she didn't she doesn't catch and there's like a, a statement um and like in my world there's a difference between a yellow-skinned man and a a dark skinned man <laughs> or a chocolate <laughs> man. And so I'm making this reference and she's like, I thought you said he was black. And I said, he is black. He's just yellow. He's, it's a term. So she finally got, she finally got to the point where she understood what I was saying and how I worked. 
So that helped her out a lot. But then I discovered a thing I didn't know. She knew French, which oh. I didn't know. And I'm like, you know French? Because she was editing when she did Good Girl too. She's like, um, you don't say it this way. I'm like, do you speak French? And she's like, I was raised in French Canada for a while. I'm like, wait a minute. You could have been <laughs> helping me. Oh, she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know. So I discovered a lot of stuff about her. Okay, I found it. Um, the poetry book was 2,228 words. Mm-hmm. And the, the lingerie book was 3678. So those were the smallest books. And, the and then least- what was the smallest fiction title? The smallest fiction title was... Oh, um, this, this, a story called The Fix-Up. And The Fix-Up was 9,047. Okay. And the book that I wrote in a week was 10,460 called The Night I Fell in Love. Wow. Yeah, so I finally got it. So my biggest book was uh, What My Friends Don't Know. It was 95,577 words when it was finished. And that um was the very first actually it was the very first book I'd written but it took it and I wrote that book in I finished that book in 2005 wow. and it took it all the way till 2016 for it to get published the and wow. it yeah and I kept most of the copies because it had gone through so much the metamorphosis that book went through and I look at old old um copies of it i'm like oh this is horrible (laughs) so hard because i want i always wanted to write books that were for people like me christians that are a little edgy a little funky that like fashion and you know that like cute guys and that aren't afraid of it in fact that used to be my tagline fiction for people women who love god um cute guys in fashion or something like that right but it wasn't that much around and and it really wasn't a lot that was willing to really cross that heat barrier and tell how real people live. And I've been around, I'm a Christian since I was a little girl and I've been around people who are like these people that I write about. They are, they do love God, but they also dabble in a lot of worldly stuff. And I knew, in fact, I, well, I know somebody that, that um, had a very colorful past. It wasn't me. So I'm not saying (laughs) it was not me, but I figured, you know what, if I know people like that, then why don't I write about people like that? Because people actually exist like that. So by the, when I did it, I also wanted to market to the Christian market. So I had that original book had so many long prayers in it, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> this is the girl's thing. She prays all the time. You know, she's really sassy. She's really pretty. She's at a, but she prays all the time. So when my mother read it, she's like, my God, are these prayers going to ever stop? <laughs> and I was thinking, oh yeah, but no, no, no. She's like, no, no. And I had a lot. It was actually coming off preachy. So um, when it went to the board, that's kind of like the book they got the watered down version of that. And I can see why it never got any place because it's kind of boring. But <laughs> when I cleaned it up while it was waiting, I wrote the book Generational Curse because I got an idea in my head. What about a story where the man? is trying to stay chaste and the woman is bait for back lack of a better word a whore and all she wants is married men she doesn't want to be married all she wants is sex and i'm like i know that exists i know it exists <laughs> and so i wrote that story while i was waiting on this book and i'm so glad i didn't i took my mother's advice and did it because after i finished writing that book it made me see what was wrong with the other book right and how i needed to mature 
these people and make them real. Cause my version of what I knew that I should make it, I was trying to fit into the Christian um, fiction mode and it wasn't working. I know I wanted to write a book where if I saw a cute guy, I know I'm going to say, Oh my God, that man is very attractive, you know, or he's wow. <laughs> you can't really say that in traditional Christian fiction. You know, I wanted to say the same thing that I hear that, you know, a guy said, Oh my God, that girl's behind is just incredible. Whether he's <laughs> Christian or not, he's saying that because he's, he's just wow. Right. So I wanted to say that and I wanted to, it, but the only way to do it, I needed to, to, um, to fix that. And so when I went back, I fixed it. I, 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 amped up all the kisses. I made the kisses hotter. I put them in really compromising situations and all the books, every, somebody is in a compromising situation. Somebody has decided that they're going to make a vow not to have sex before marriage. And then they're, they're, what did you call your protagonist, whether she be male or female is always pushing them like, come on, we can, who has to know. And that's the element that's not really allowed in traditional Christian fictions, but I wanted to tell that story because I know people like this that, that it happens to. So that's how all these books kind of have that same kind of thing going through them, except for Unexpected Love, which is really, it crosses a line that's probably a little scary for people because I actually got a review and she called it soft porn. And I'm like, it's not soft porn. It's a man having a very vivid dream about this woman he's been fantasizing about. And he's fantasizing himself, making love to this woman. And you don't realize it's a dream until the end of the chapter when his phone rings and he's, he's, he's groggy, really groggy. And he's talking and he's like, oh, oh, it was a dream. The whole thing was a dream. But the reality is he does get spoiler alert. He does finally have sex with this woman, but it's never been, he never pushed her. She made the decision and he always told her, I'll do whatever you want to do, whatever you want. If you want me to make love to you, I'll make love. If you want me to just hold your hand, I'll hold your hand. I will do whatever you want me to do. And in this case, she decided she wanted to seduce him. So, but is she a Christian? Yes, yeah, she's a Christian. She'd been with a man who messed her over and the reality was she realized she shouldn't have done it. And now she's dealing with the emotional, spiritual, psychological ramifications of her action and how to deal with it. At the same time, now she's broken his heart because she's kind of feeling guilty and almost thinking that maybe it was his fault that they did this. And he says, I only did what you asked me to do. So, yeah, so they're all, yeah. So all the books are pretty much like that. There is one book that has no sex in it. And um, when the people that read my books know that when they find out about it, the book I wrote in a week, because uh -huh. I don't know about anybody else. It takes a long time to write a sex thing. It takes <laughs> a freaking long time to write it, to edit it, to rewrite it, to clean. It takes long and you can't, for me, I couldn't put that book together if I had to throw a sex scene in it or even, an intense um, kissing scene. So the story is all about a man who cannot remember the story he told his wife about the night he knew he fell in love with her. And the story he, he recites, she listens to him tell this amazing story. And it's so heartfelt. And at the end, she's like, that wasn't me. 
<laughs> and he's like, no, it's you. It's you. I remember you. And he, she says, it wasn't me. I wasn't at that party. It wasn't me. So I don't know who you're talking about. Oh. It wasn't me. And I thought, how cool would it be if I wrote this story? Because I'm like, I need a story. I need a story. I'm like, mom, I need a story. I need a story. I'm panicked. I need a story. I need a story. The story I'm writing is not working out. I got to push it back. I need a story. I need a story. I said, so I, and I came back. I'm like, okay, I got this idea. And I'm really like, da, 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 da. I was stuck in my chair. Chair was that chair and pants and button chair, whatever. Yeah. And I said, what if this man not so much has amnesia, but he can remember what it is. I gave him a photographic memory base. Is that the correct word? He can remember everything. He's a, uh, an industrialist, so he runs this huge corporation. He's got several hundred employees. He knows everything about everybody that works with him. The janitor up to his assistant. He knows their spouse's names, their kids' names. He remembers everything. He can retain everything except this one story he cannot remember how and when he fell in love with his wife he all he knows is that he's in love with her but he just cannot remember and so the 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 challenge is she's given him 30 days and she says if you cannot tell me in 30 days the story you told me originally about when you fell in love with me we're done <laughs> i'm taking the kids and we're gone and he's so angry and his, his little assistant helps him. And I mean, I'm giving away, I'm giving away the whole story, but it's really, I like the story. It's really cool. And I thought about expanding it, but I may not. But, and she's like, don't you understand? Your wife is going to leave you. You can remember <laughs> everything. She said, you can remember everything. And she even calls, she calls him all kinds of names and stuff. And she's like, do I need to write it on your forehead and stick you in front of the mirror to remind you, you've got 30 days to tell your wife when you fell in love with her. I don't know. I'll just take her on a trip and it'll be done. She's like, it isn't going to happen. You have 30 <laughs> days to figure this out. And so I thought that would be really cool because we always make the male the hero. Right. Or the bad guy. What if we just make him the, the dude, you know, the boob, you know, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> he just can't, you know, he just can't remember. And then it took, it took um, an outsider to just remind him. He says, the answer you're looking for is not the answer you're looking for. He said, the answer is actually in front of you, but you're concentrating so hard on what you think it might be that you've missed it. He said, and the answer has probably been staring at you and sure, and well, give it away. Sure enough, the answer was always there. He just never looked at it because he was thinking from a different angle. So that little story, I really like that story. It, it, it's a quick read. It's the only one that has no sex. And when I was editing, like I said, the ladies that were, that usually, you know, read advanced read for me, they're like, I said, it has no sex. What? <laughs> I said, it has no sex. So it's just one kiss. No sex. I'm like, yeah, it has no sex. Oh, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> but it's a cute story. Yeah, it's a cute story, but there's no sex. And these are Christian women in their mid to late sixties. <laughs> that are saying this it's so I've, I've learned my market over time. It's taken me a few, like a year, that 12, that 12, that year, it really helped me figure out who my market is. If I tried, hold on, if I tried to, to write something too sweet, that my, so far I've not, I've run into the problem where that it doesn't sell well. 
if mm -hmm. I write something, in this case, it's really kind of midway steamy, but not a, and I don't write erotica. I just write, mm -hmm. and I don't throw in just to let somebody else, because someone asked me, I don't throw sex in just for sex. It's in there because it's moving the story along. Right. Would the story be the same? Probably. But in this case, it's a point in it because like in the second Alex book, there's a really poignant, um, two really poignant love scenes. One is they've you is their initial their wedding night they've come together you've been with them through book one and their ups and downs their breakup their comeback together so i couldn't not give the reader that scene because it really solidified that relationship but there's a pivotal point in their story where a major um obstacle occurs and the only way she's grieving really bad really bad and he has tried everything he knows to help her. And the only thing he knew to do was to make love to her. And it's a really touching scene. So the people that pre-read it, I'm like, did you read that chapter? They were like, oh my God, it's so sweet. I'm like, it's not over the top. It's really hot, but it's so sweet. And if I hadn't put the scene in, you wouldn't have understood how they um, managed to come back together so right. i yes i don't just throw the sex in because ooh, i need to, i need something else to fill the gap it's in there for a purpose yeah yeah it's, yes. okay so 2016 you ended up publishing 13 titles yes and then in 2017 uh it was two or three so what yeah. were you, what was your mindset in 2017? Like, how were you feeling in January? Like, what's your feeling now on 12 titles in 12 months? What did was, you end up doing in 2017? I was tired. I yeah. was, and and I, I ran into Laura Drake at um, RWA 20, um, 2016. <gasps> like, oh yeah, 2016. And I said, oh, I'm doing this thing. She's like, oh, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know I'm doing this, you know? And at, it was so funny because I was at RWA. I didn't have a book when I went to RWA. The book I thought I had, I was nowhere near. So at, at the conference, when you guys saw me, I had no book. And oh, wow. <laughs> I had no book. I had no book and I was looking really scary. Um, and she said, you've got to be careful. You don't burn out. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I was burning out and it was only July. So what did I do? So when, when, um, it was like when I put the last book out, December, A Southern Gentleman. I love that book. Um, my brain kind of like thank, said, thank God we're done. Yeah. We needed a break. And I had a book schedule that I had written in 2016 that I was going to put out earlier in 2017. Like at the beginning, I just couldn't get it. It had been edited. I just could not get myself, get my crap together to get the book out. And it ended up not coming out till way, way late mid-year. Um, so my theory was it, it was a good project, but I wore myself out. I really didn't time it correctly because it just became too much. I think yeah, but I, if, I, if I had the chance to do it again, which I'm close to doing now, yeah. I wouldn't make it 12, a title a month. i just say, okay, this year my goal is to write 12 books. Bam. If I happens. see. If it happens, then that's better. If the pressure came from saying, I've got to get this book out by the end of the month. 
because when it came to February, thank God, I think last year was a 2016 was a leap year, right? I think it was. Uh, a leap year. I think it was. I was sitting at church saying, "Oh my God, I've got two days. I don't have the book loaded. Oh my God, Amazon says it may take a couple of days to load it. I'm gonna miss the deadline." So what did I do? I put the book out. I put it out as a print book. Mm-hmm. I don't think I sold any books. <laughs> I don't think I sold any books on Amazon. I sold print copies, but I didn't sell them through Amazon. And yeah. so that was how I stuck to it. Because again, every month it seemed like I was in jeopardy of, jeopardy of not making it through the challenge because something was right there. And that was teaching me a lesson to next time prepare. If you're going to do this, even if you're a pantser, make your list in advance. Like if you decide next year you want to do it, start working now. Say, okay, I want to put this book, da 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 And then you'll know. Yeah. But to do the whole challenge by the seat of your pants, that's just insane. <laughs> freaking insane. That's the difference. So then when 2017 came, I kind of forgot I needed to do some books. You know, I kind of forgot. And my mother's like, you need to take a break. I'm like, no, I got to, I have to write. If I don't put material out, people will forget about me. I said, you just don't understand it. And then she started to slowly see what I was talking about. I said, see, if there's nothing out, they're not buying because readers will leave you. They will abandon you if they don't hear from you. I said, so I have nothing going on. I've got a bunch of books that have um, cliffhangers or, um, left you with questions, not necessarily cliffhanger. And I've got to address these situations because I started getting emails saying, read the book, liked it. What happened next? Right. You know, why did you do me like that? I need to know <laughs> what happened. I'm like, okay, that's a different series. And we here, what the crap? Why did she just do that? I'm like, oh, what happened? And what about <laughs> those other people in the book? I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta deal with this. I gotta deal with that. That's why I decided this this year, I would still put the titles out. I have um, the books already for this year. Um, January, February, March, they're written. Mm-hmm. They're written. March just needs to, I mean, May. May just needs to be edited. So the difference I'm going to take this year is I'm planning out the launch schedules for each one. And I'm making sure everything is done. I'm not going to set myself up like again, last, when I did it last, when I did it 2016, I made a big mistake. I decided to pre-order on Amazon. I shouldn't have done that because that put more pressure on me. So literally as I am standing in my kitchen, uh, about three hours away from leaving to go to the airport, I'm freaking out because at that time I used a formatter. And we were having issues getting something set in the book. And I'm trying to hustle around, get my suitcase packed literally that night and trying to book a car to pick me up when I got to my destination that I was all uh, askew. And I'm like, I'm not, I said, next month, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And here next month, I was right back in the same situation two days before. The book has not even been e-formatted. And I ended up doing a print book. I'm like, uh, I cannot let this happen again. And here I come every month. That's what I didn't do right. And that's why I'm saying you can write 12 titles. You can write a title a month. You need a team to help you get a title a month. Published. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. And, and then thank God you told me about vellum. When vellum happened midway through the, 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 the situation, it changed my life. It made life a lot easier meant now because in the past, what I was doing is I had to have the books with my editor. If it's a big book, she tells me I need about three to four weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Three to four weeks. If my release date is the 30th of the month, she's got to have the book the month before. So that even actually six, six weeks before, because when it comes back into me, it takes me a week to go through her edits to make right. any changes, reread it, then put us, this is not going to work. Then I send it to the formatter. It's a piece of cake, but if there's changes or edits that need to be made, I got to catch those, right? Right. It's a long process. So when you introduced me to Vellum, it was like, hallelujah. <laughs> I just got two weeks of time. That helped me get the titles out. If I had to rely, no offense, I, my editor, the formatter I had was amazing, but if I had to rely on her for the whole product project, it wouldn't happen. It, right. it wouldn't happen. So you need a team. If you're, if you can't develop your own covers, you need to have your cover artist in play in advance and say, look, I'm going to do this insane project. Yeah. What's your schedule? Put me on the books now. Tell me what days you need from me. Yeah. If you have to get your own, if you're not using vellum and you're using a formatter, you need to contact everybody, the cover artist, the formatter, um, your print formatter, if you're not doing it, and if that other person's not doing it. And um, if you have to make a decision whether you're going to go wide or you're going to go so, go exclusive, you have to have all that in play before, or you should, I should have had that in play before I actually sat down and did this. And then I should have also known which titles and which, which stories I wanted to tell. And had I done that, it would have been a lot smoother because the reality is I put out all those books and you would think I made a ton of money. I didn't because I didn't market the books correctly. So I did not make as much money. Now, last year I put out, I believe just two books. See, it was so few. I don't even remember. Yeah. I think it was two books of nonfiction book. And a fiction book? That can't be. It probably is. I know we did a lot of marketing last year in 2017. Yeah. So I did two two titles last year. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I made more money. Because you were doing the marketing. I was doing the marketing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now you've got a produ production schedule for 2018 yes. that includes planned books, that yes. are, some of which already have covers, and planned marketing. Is that right? I don't have all the planned marketing. I have planned books. I have of my, I'm looking at my schedule now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my Jesus. Eight books. Can't be right. One, two, three. <laughs> Hold on. Bear with me. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight books. Oh, oh yeah. It's not nine books. It's eight books. There's a book for something else. Anyway, I have eight books of the eight books. Two, oh, it is nine. I'm sorry. I apologize. It is nine because there is a nonfiction workbook to go mm -hmm. with the book. I knew it was a nice book. Um, it's done. Three of the books are actually literally done. Covers are set. I'm waiting on new proofs um, to just verify. That leaves me with six titles. Of those six titles, um, one of them, I don't have covers. I have covers pretty much for everything. Mm -hmm. I have content for 30% of the books. The others, I know how they're going to 
how the stories are going to be told. It's just a matter of actually paying. And actually, um, this weekend when my dad was in the hospital, while I was sitting down there, I did something I never do. I took notes for all the stuff that needs to be written. So I know what's going on. You guys would be really proud of me because it's borderline plotting, which I never <laughs> do. So I plotted out all those stories. So when I sit down, I can bam, 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 whack them out really quick. So yes, I have a better. Now the marketing, I do have a, um, I'm taking the Mark Dawson ads for authors and self-publishing 101 class because I combined his class with your class and Deborah Holland's class, which were all three different. Right. Which is interesting because it was three self-publishing classes and you would think you'd get the same information, but there were all, there was a few nuances that were the same, but they were primarily different. So I combined all those things together and I took his launch schedule and I used that. And that's basically a 30 day schedule. So last year, what I did, which I never had before, I set up an advanced reader group. I have beta readers, but I set up an advanced reader group and it took me all year to finally implement his, pro implement his process, which I did with unexpected love. And I loved the results Nice. I got from it. So I am using that now. It's a 30, basically 30, 30 free day a month before and two weeks after the launch in place and I just use that so basically you can say I do have it set the marketing is set because I'm using that plan with every book and I just did the first I just created the first um, Facebook ad for the book that's coming out at the end of the month so I've already got the cover for this book I started um, putting it on my website I got the first Facebook ad approved it's not up yet I'm about to put it in my newsletter yeah. And get it together. So I figured this year, if I combine a portion of the crazy work schedule from 2016, 2017's marketing um, plan, I'll have a better year this yeah. year. I'll work a little more and I'll advertise, I'll advertise and market a whole lot more. So I expect really good things from this year. We shall see. And then I'm always like anybody else. I'm wrestling with the, wide versus uh, exclusive and I'm on the fence about one about two of the series I may put one of them in select just to see how that works um to give it a, a little boost but yeah 26 yeah I'm gonna take the two it's like a and b it's like bam 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 to see which one to see if I get a really good c here and if c works then I know I have my plan and my plan will be to probably don't to not do more than maybe eight titles a year. Yeah. And um, varying sizes, because I'm looking at the screen now. So there's full length novellas. Um, I'm re-releasing the poetry book. I put a new cover on it and um, throwing it out there to see what happens. So from the course of looks of it, I only have two, three big books and okay. the rest are novellas for this year. Which is an easy write. It's an easy read. It's an easy write. I can. <laughs> it's that. Excellent. Tracy, yeah. this has been great. Thank you hey, so much for sharing your journey. You're welcome. I'm you're sure welcome. there's going to be some people who want to take some of your tips and see what they can do with this next year. Yes. Take rest. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> do not do it. Do not do it. No. Plan Careful planning. Have a team. Um, if you're going to use beta readers, make sure you've got a group that's committed to 
12 books and I alternate. I have three beta readers and I shift them. I'll let, I don't, I think it was very rare that all three read every book. Um, and the book that I wrote in a, in a week, nobody better read that. It was just, oh. I didn't have time. I didn't have time. Right, right. So make sure that's the other thing you need. If you're going to use beta readers and if you're going to have your AR, your um, advanced reader group, have all that stuff in play put it out in advance and say, I'm about to embark on this challenge. Are you with me? Which nice. month do you want to sign up for? Yeah. And you've got to be judicious. You've got to, if I tell you the release date is the 30th, you need to be done by the 25th, by the 25th maybe and ready to go. Once you've got that in place, I think you can, it'll, it's do, it is doable. It is doable. Yeah. Maybe a couple of years from now, I'll do it again. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Nice. All right. Well, listen, if people want to uh, find you on the internet, see what you're doing, check out your books, tell us where can they find you? You have a website. Yes, I am Reed Tracy Reed, R-E-A-D-T-R-A-C-Y-R-E-E-D. And that is my real name. Yes. My last name is Reed. I get asked that a lot. It is Reed. It is real. It's not a made up name. Yeah. Um, I'm that everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, uh, wherever social media wise, just put in read Tracy read and you will find me. Excellent. Yay! Excellent. So the website is a dot com, right? Dot com. Okay. Mm -hmm. And your books right now are all of them available on all major online real, re, sorry, retailers. Yes. I am wide right now. Um, and it's going to be, I would say it's going to be a while before that anything changes there right now. It's yeah. And you can go to the website, click buy. Click awesome. and it'll send you where you need to go. Cool. Yes. Well, thank you so much. You're I really welcome. appreciate listening to you and what an amazing journey. <laughs> thank you. It's all your fault. See, had you not told me that story. I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it turns out better the next time, I'll remind you that I get all the credit for it. <laughs> it turned out good this time. It's just that I, I learned um, I learned a lot about me. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, and yeah. it strengthened my writing. So nice. let's do it that way. That's nice. Cool. That's really good. Yay. All right. Well, thank All you, right. Tracy. You're welcome. Thank you.